welcome to this episode of Founded in Tech. I'm your host, Mark Eckerly, and today's show is part of our Tech Tips series, where I sat down with Dan Mayo to talk about the current tax law and possible changes under the new administration. On today's episode, we discuss what the possible tax changes will be for individuals, what the outlook is for corporations and the possibility of the looming tax hikes, and we cover certain planning techniques under the estate and gift tax, since there will be some changes to come there as well. Dan is full of knowledge and it was great picking his brain on this episode on the current state of the election and the impending tax changes to come. Hope you enjoy this episode. Hello everyone, welcome to today's show. Dan Mayo is joining me today to talk about possible upcoming changes to the tax system. Hey Dan, how you doing today? Great, how you doing Mark? Doing well, doing well, thanks for joining us. Pleasure to be here. So to, to kick us off, why don't you give us a quick background of yourself, uh, your role here at Witham, and uh, what you do? Sure, thanks. So I'm a, I'm a lawyer by training, and uh, I function at Witham. I spend my time mostly doing that, uh, federal tax policy, and I focus on the M&A side and also national tax policy, like things like this, election results, outcome, year-end planning. And I spend a lot of time uh, writing articles on uh, new issues that come out, new regulations, et cetera, and uh, regarding new tax items and advising the firm and clients on federal tax issues. Awesome. So it's definitely been a, a busy couple months for you, I'm sure. Very busy. <laughs> so, so as you alluded to, why don't you kick us off by giving us a quick uh, state of the election, right? A, a background of the results, a breakdown of what's been, kind of been going on and, and where we currently stand. Great. So uh, we, as we know, you know, Joe Biden is now the vice president-elect. Kamala Harris is president, president-elect. Kamala Harris is the vice president-elect. Um, as of it's now January 6th, which means we had the runoff y- election yesterday in Georgia for the two Senate seats. For, so the, uh, after the election, the Democrats also retained control of the House, but with a slimmer majority than they had before. Uh, the results, at least as I'm seeing up as the moment of we're taping this, the Democrats appear to have won both seats in the in the Senate, which means there will be a 50-50 tie in the Senate and uh, Vice President-elect uh, Harris will have the tie-breaking vote. So it appears that Democrats will have control of the House and the Senate in the, uh, in the new Congress, which um, what, the, what does that mean, they, right? The next question is, what does that mean for federal tax policy? I think that means that we're going to see a very progressive agenda come out of the Democrats and perhaps one of the most progressive agendas in history. Um, you know, this is a, the unique um, combination of Democratic control of the White House, as well as uh, the House and the Senate. And I, th- I think we're going to see a lot of reversal of the prior administration's uh, agenda and uh, a lot of more progressive items, you know, climate change, taxes, uh, et cetera. So, so now that they have kind of majority control, right, um, what, what does that look like from and we'll dive into both aspects from an individual and corporate perspective, but starting off from an individual's tax uh, standpoint, what does that look like from the current tax law and what changes are being proposed? What changes do you think will be passed? Uh, what does that look like from an overall structure standpoint? Yeah, so they, you know, there is a slim majority, right? It's 50-50 in the Senate. Um, so they will need every everyone on board, all the Democrats on board to pass the agenda. So it's not right. There is some still going to be an element of bargaining with the and you know bipartisanship and, and bargaining with the other side um, if you want because you need everybody on board to pass the legislation. So having said that, we do expect there to be tax increases. 
when you look at the proposals that uh, you know Joe Biden had put forward during the campaign season, um, there were there were many proposals that would increase taxes on the individual side. So first all, first off, he would raise the maximum um, individual tax rate from the current 37% back to 39.6%, which is what it was back in 2017 before the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act. He would also phase out a lot of deductions, itemized deductions. So many of the proposals are aimed at people making either more than 400,000 a year or more than a million dollars a year, uh, you know, what he calls the high earners. And so a lot of the proposals are aimed at them. Uh, and, and what he has said throughout the campaign is he will not raise taxes on the middle class. And so, you know, whether that just means no one over 400, probably not the case. I'm sure taxes will, will go up for people making less than 400. But, but a lot of the proposals that we've seen are a little bit vague, which, you know, we would expect during a campaign because the, the more vague the proposal, the, the harder it is to attack it. Um, so, so what other things are we seeing? Raising the marginal tax rate from 37 to 39.6, um, a phase out of the qualified business income deduction. And this is that's the deduction that came in in 2017 as part of the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act to equalize the tax treatment between corp between partnerships and S corps on the one hand and C corporations on the other. Uh, when the corporate tax rate came down, they wanted to somewhat equalize or try and equalize a bit the treatment between S corps and partnerships and C corporations. So once they gave that lower corporate tax rate, they came out with this qualified business income deduction and of uh, 20% of qualified uh, business income. Uh, for partnerships and S corporations, uh, Biden would phase that out for people making more than 400,000 a year. So there would be, you know, immediate tax increase for um, owners of partnerships and S corporations, um, you know, on the individual side. He would also phase out itemized deductions, the benefit of itemized deductions for taxpayers making more than $400,000 a year. The next item I'll mention is uh, is very significant, but it hits a smaller class. It's targeted to a smaller class of taxpayer. And so one of the proposals would be to increase the, the rate of tax on long-term capital gain from the current maximum rate, which is 20%, to 39.6%, which would be his maximum rate on ordinary income. Uh, but this would only apply to taxpayers making more than a million dollars a year. Um, but this is by, by far one of the most, you know, people say draconian measures um, you know, there's, for many years, there's been a preferential rate for the long-term capital gain, and uh, to, to, to essentially eliminate that benefit for long-term capital gain and, and put it on par with ordinary income is a significant change from uh, a long-standing and existing law. Uh, the one final change I'll mention on the individual side, uh, there's certainly many others, but uh, the one I'll mention is that he would increase the um, the rate of Social Security tax, employment taxes, right? So they recall that employment taxes, there's a 6.2% Social Security component and a 1.45 Medicare component. Um, he would, inc the, right now, as of for, 20, for 2020, that's on most people's minds, uh, it was 137,700. It went up to, I think, in 142,000 range for 2021. Uh, but that stops, so that 6.2% that, that tax stops at $142,000 approximately in 2021. Uh, what, he, what, he, what Joe Biden has said is for people who make more than $400,000 a year, he would bring that 6.2% back. So all income over 400 would be subject to an additional 6.2% employment tax. So that's a fairly significant tax increase for the high earners. Uh, it's not clear what he would do on the, the range between 142,000 and 400,000, whether there's some intermediate tax would be applied to that 
or the full or nothing or the full 6.2 percent. It's it's not clear what he would do on that gap that the the you know this the gap period the gap amount between 142 and 400. But we don't believe that he would impose the employment tax on those amounts. So so it looks like a lot of these proposals uh, tax changes are on the quote unquote one percent right that the higher anyone above 400,000 um, that are the wealthy individuals. What would be the possible changes to the the middle class? What would that look like? You said you said it would be possible tax raises. How significant do you think that would be? Well, we don't think it would be very significant because again, his his main uh, agenda and and sort of his his tagline for when he was running for office was, "I will not raise taxes on the middle class." Um, you know, George Bush famously said that and then went against that promise. Uh, the first Bush, that is, and um, so. Uh, it's it's not clear. We do expect some tax increases, right? We've had massive stimulus spending. Uh, the latest uh, round was 900 million um, for uh, various items. 900 billion, I'm sorry. In late December, they passed a 900 billion dollar stimulus. I think it, you know that was a number six or seven in terms of stimulus legislation. And Joe Biden said that's a down payment for the next version. So given the massive government spending that's taken place in the past year. Uh, it's likely there's going to be tax increases beyond what was advocated during the election season, so that we, we do expect there to be some increase in taxes on the middle class. Uh, certainly, they will be uh, diminished and, and smaller in comparison to taxes on those making over 400 and, and definitely those making over a million dollars a year. Mm -hmm. And then now that we are into January 2021, do you expect these tax laws to be approved for fiscal year in 2020, or is this for future years? When do you think this yeah, so will be enacted? It's interesting. Congress does have the authority to make the tax laws retroactive. They they rarely, if ever, exercise that authority. So what we expect is that if there are tax increases in 2021, it would be retroactive only to January 1st, 2021, and it would not affect the rates going back to 2020. Um, so that any rate increase, if it's passed in 2021, would only be retroactive to the first of the year. If, it, if nothing's enacted until 2022, it would be effective most likely the first of 2022. Okay. So so then I guess jumping over to the corporate side of things, um, would that retroactive uh, rule probably apply as well to January 1st, 2021? So it would be for future years. And then if you could kind of break down the, the corporate tax proposal um, compared to the current tax law and, and what's the likely outcome there? Yeah, absolutely. So the, the, yes, the retroactivity would, would be would expect it to be the same. Uh, so that the legis any legislation passed in 2021 would be retroactive to January 1st of this year, and uh, we don't expect it would impact 2020. Um, the on the on the corporate side, um, again, we expect more tax increases. Right, the the rate was the maximum corporate tax rate was 35% before the um, 2017 uh, tax legislation. Um, it's now 21%. There's a flat rate of 21% imposed on corporations. Uh, Biden has uh, proposed raising that rate to 28%. So, you know, approximately 30% increase in the corporate tax rate. Although that is is a large increase on the corporate tax rate, uh, historically it's not a it's not a high tax rate. And so, it, you know, not that it's much comfort to corporations paying the tax, but it's not a historically high rate, and uh, it's certainly lower than it was back in 20 early 2017. Uh, other things that uh, Biden has proposed on the corporate side, uh, repealing the like-kind exchange rules, so it would significantly affect the real estate industry. You know, their ability to defer uh, defer gain on the sale of real estate as long as they invest in like-kind property. Uh, he would he proposed repealing those like-kind exchange rules 
for taxpayers making over $400,000 a year. Uh, he also proposed tightening the Opportunity Zone regime. Uh, that's a, uh, a tremendously uh, impactful regime that encourages investment in struggling communities. And so one of the things he proposed to do was to tighten the regime and possibly limit it to encourage more affordable housing and job creation within the Opportunity Zones. Um, so we would expect there to be some, some tightening of the Opportunity Zone regime, mostly because it's expected to uh, impact the wealthy as opposed to the middle class. Uh, on the, uh, the, on the, you know, the more on the international side, he would raise rates on the, uh, the guilty tax, which is the global intangible uh, low tax income. He would raise double the rate there from 105 to 21% for companies that invest abroad. Uh, also would create a new minimum tax of 15% on global book income, but that would only affect larger corporations, uh, companies with at least about $100 million in book income. So there are some proposals to tax the largest corporations um, in, in new and novel ways that haven't been done before. Uh, there's also proposals just to raise the corporate tax rate, as you said, 21 to 28 percent. There, was, there wasn't significant focus during the election season, but the, the VAT, uh, VAT tax is always something that hangs out there because it raises just such a large revenue raiser. So the, the VAT tax is a value added tax. It's something we see more frequently in Europe. Um, and it's, it's a function similar to a sales tax, but it taxes sort of every level in the uh, in the supply chain. And so we, we always, on the horizon is always a VAT tax and, and whether one will come in in the US just because it's such a large revenue raiser. And usually they start out with lower rates that build and become more, you know, larger over time. So that's something that hangs out there, but not something focused on uh, particularly by the candidates during the, you know, the election. Okay, so just to kind of bring in summary, you. Trump's when he was run, President Trump was running for president. Um, his whole goal was to lower tax rates, bring jobs back to America. And now it looks like we're kind of shifting the other way, where with President Biden, we're going to increase tax rates. Is that going to force jobs out of America? What's the what's the kind of driver behind this, and what why would he increase tax the corporate tax rate from 21 to 28? Yeah, so the 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 main to revenue raise, right? The 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 main reason to raise rates is that it's uh, the government needs the money. Um, it's not like he's trying to penalize corporations or anything. You know, this, this, this is still America and we're a capitalist country. Um, but I think what the, those proposals that you hear from Donald Trump, I think many of them are similar, uh, just with a different uh, bent from, you know, Joe Biden. And so what he said is a lot of times he's proposing to like a made in America tax credit, uh, something which would, um, you know, give a tax credit to offset um, you know, some foreign taxes if it's made in America and, and offer a product sent abroad. Uh, also, he creates an offshoring tax penalty, right? So he wants to prevent the, the, the movement of jobs offshore. So he would create a penalty, a surtax on profits of 10% for companies that send jobs abroad. So there are, you know, the, Biden is not just about raising taxes, at least what he stated in, in the campaign trail, is that uh, there, are th there are proposals in effect to bring jobs back to America and uh, encourage uh, exporting, encourage uh, bringing jobs back to America and manufacturing here in the United States. So there are, there are a raft of tax credits that he's proposed for uh, the manufacturing sector to uh, help uh, shore that up and increase the uh, manufacturing within the United States. Okay, and, and as you, you mentioned earlier, so we're on our second round of stimulus and uh, this is possibly the beginning of more. Um, with, with Biden's current tax structure or, or plans that he outlined, outlined during his campaign, do you think that it could increase beyond that if there's further stimulus packages that are delivered um, to kind of offset that? Do you think that's a possibility 
at all? Yeah, I think there, there, there's likely going to be uh, a significant stimulus uh, legislation uh, in, the, in the new year. And as I said, Biden mentioned that the, 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 the December stimulus of 900 billion was a down payment. He viewed that as a down payment on what's to come. So I think we're going to see you know, massive government spending continue in the short run. The Fed has indicated they're not uh, even thinking about raising rates. So we're likely to have a low interest rate environment for uh, years to come. We're likely to see uh, you know, significant government spending increase, uh, which would also involve uh, tax increases, right? They got to have to fund the spending somewhere. And so the, the tax increases, I, I, I think we're, we're probably going to come under in, in either administration, although, you know, one, one is more vocal about saying we, we're advocating for it. Uh, but, but eventually, with the, given the amount of government spending, you know, the, the, either you reduce spending or you raise taxes. Uh, there's no magic to, uh, to funding the government. That's what I figured. That's why I, I assumed if there was more stimulus packages to come, that they would just have to raise taxes further beyond what they're saying it is now. That's you know, it's a, it's a give and take. <laughs> right, right. You know, we're we're uh, as a working at an accounting firm, we we know there's very there's uh, there's certain truisms about finance, and one of them is when you're funding a government, you either have to raise money or right, raise revenue or cut expenses. There's a there's a um, there's no magic to this, and uh, it, there is complication about where you do that, and and where you raise the funds, and who who shoulders the burden, and also where you make cuts, and who shoulders the the burden of any funding cuts, but Fundamentally, those are the, the two options. Gotcha. Okay, awesome. So, so quickly transitioning over to um, estate and gift tax. What what would be the changes there? I know that's kind of been a hot topic um, for for a lot of people that I guess maybe are on the, the wealthier side, where they're, they're kind of transitioning money or or move it between their 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 sons or daughters. So, so what would that look like um, on on Biden's current proposal compared to the current tax plan? What's the likely outcome there? Is it is it just higher tax rates, or or what what would be the kind of nuances there? Yeah, so there was a lot of talk about this uh, over, you know, particularly over year end, a lot of planning on the thought of you know that if, if there's eliminate if there's changes in the rules in 2021, uh, it would not involve a clawback to 2020. So we saw significant year end tax planning by wealthier individuals who wanted to use up their uh, lifetime exemption. So the way it works now, there's a, about $11.5 million lifetime exemption for every individual. It doubles for, for married couples. You have a, you know, just over $23 million for a married couple. And, and that, that lifetime exemption, gift and estate tax exemption, is um, scheduled to drop to $5 million in 2026, right? That was a temporary, um, a temporary amount, so it was scheduled to drop anyway. Uh, Biden has proposed reducing that sooner. So it's not clear though whether he would reduce it to pre-2018 levels um, or to 2009 levels. So believe either five million or three and a half million would be the exemption under you know if Biden uh, is able to pass that. So that the, the major proposal is reducing the um, the lifetime exemption, which is why we saw a significant activity at year end. The other major thing is he would do is eliminate the step up in basis upon death. So right now, if if an individual passes away with appreciated securities. The, uh, the, the securities, the, the beneficiaries receive a step up in basis, which eliminates any tax on that, that, that built-in gain. And so one of the things that Biden proposed is uh, eliminating that step up in basis on death. And, and what's not clear is when he would impose the tax. Would it, would it be through basis adjustments to the beneficiary or would it be through um, you know, requiring the tax be paid at the moment you know, with the final um, state tax return? So it's not clear when the tax would be due, but he has proposed eliminating that 
again, that's a fundamental change in estate tax, and uh, certainly would have a significant impact on the um, uh, the you know the wealthier individuals. So, so you mentioned Biden is proposing dropping that lifetime exemption sooner. Would that be in the current year, you think, or would that be or in future years where also at the end of 2021 we could see a lot of estate planning as well for wealthy individuals? Yeah, it would it, if it's passed. Um, if that you know the proposal is enacted, it would likely be yeah this year, and they would probably bring it back either to five or three and a half million um, effective January 1, 2021. But again. You know, the legislative process produces a lot of strange results, and uh, what comes out of the legislative process is not necessarily what the politicians put into it. And so, right, there's heavy negotiation on, on these provisions, and even within the Democratic Party. So it's not as right. So it's not as if um, the candidate has the ability to enact his proposals uh, carte blanche. He doesn't have carte blanche to enact his proposals on a wholesale basis. There is a you know significant negotiation in Congress, and so that. Even if he proposes reducing it to five or three and a half, that's not necessarily what would happen. Mm -hmm. um, so we, you, you, you can predict that you, you know at best you can predict directionality of taxes and, and particular um, tax items, but exact amounts are hard to pin down. Gotcha. Awesome. Yeah. So so I guess really quickly in summary, I mean we, we covered a bunch of great topics here. What what advice would you give or would you recommend to individuals um, or companies when when planning for and anticipating these possible upcoming changes? Uh, between things being likely to be adopted uh, for, for 2021 or, or possibly in future years? Can companies be proactive in, in planning for these these tax impact changes or, or what would that look like and what advice would you recommend? Yes, yeah, so I think well, the advice we typically give clients is to consider your future plans and um, don't let don't let the tax tail wag the planning dog, as we say in, in the tax world. Um, you know, taxes are, are an important part of, of your business, uh, but they shouldn't be driving the business decisions. And so when you if you have a business plans, taxes may accelerate them, uh, may cause you to shift direction slightly. But um, fundamentally, you, know, you operate your business the way you would operate it. And we can model out the taxes for you. We can help model them out, which may cause you to accelerate some decisions and defer others. Um, but we don't we don't recommend drastic action based upon a candidate's proposals. Uh, again, which may or may not uh, be enacted into law, uh, and, and even if enacted, they may, you know, they may um, come up in different form than they were proposed. So mm -hmm. the, the the best advice we give clients is, you know, stick with your business plans, and uh, we can help you model the effects of what the tax rates would do, uh, either on the individual side or the corporate side. But that, um, you know, the the tax laws should cause you changes to the tax laws, uh, while significant. Um, are probably not going to drive the business decision, so that you know the exigencies of business should should control, and the uh, taxes will be a component that you factor in, as they say, causing to accelerate or defer certain activities. Yeah, and it's it's never too early to consult your tax advisor, um, especially as we're rolling into tax season here. So it, especially be proactive with that thinking um, and make sure you're you're well ahead of the game. Um, That's right. Yeah, planning takes time, and it, you, right to to make uh, some decisions, it, it definitely takes uh, it can take weeks or months or, or even longer in some cases. And, and many people ran bumped into that against uh, bumped up against that a year end when they were um, you know unable to get plans done because they started too late in the process. So you know we we understand that estate planning lawyers were turning away work because they just had too much going on. So um, these things do take time. A lot of times you need valuations, particularly with estate planning. Um, so those kinds of things take time. And so we, we do recommend, you know, speaking to your advisor sooner rather than later uh, to develop a plan 
uh, and put in place so you have contingency plans if rates are if these tax increases are enacted how will it impact you and, and what you know how can you pivot uh, in response to the changes in tax law awesome i think you hit the nail on the head there well that wraps up today's episode on the current tax climate and the possible changes to come thank you dan for for joining me today if you'd like to thank learn more please visit withem.com um, where you can find dan has authored numerous articles um, and other content. So please visit the website if you want to hear more. Thank you. Thanks, Mark. Thank you for tuning in. If you liked it and want to hear more, you can follow us and subscribe. And we'll see you next time on Founded in Tech.